You are on trend with the Alumni Trending Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford, and throughout my career in higher education, my mission has been to connect alumni to what they love most about their alma mater and to activate them in ways that support the aspirations of the institutions I have served. As advancement professionals, we are leading a movement, a mobilization of alumni in support of education for a lifetime. On this podcast, you will hear the voices leading our profession, advancing our institutions, and keeping higher education strong around the world. You are going to learn and be inspired by the passion and purpose driving these advancement professionals right here on Alumni Trending. What's up, trendsetters? Welcome to the Alumni Trending Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Wald. She is the Senior Director of Development at the North Dakota State University Foundation. Sarah, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Paul? I'm fantastic. It has been a long time since we have chatted. Uh, I hope things are going well and uh, that you all are handling COVID-19 as well as could be expected. Uh, we are here uh, up in Fargo. It's, uh, you know, our cases are low at the moment, so we're grateful for that. And our children have gone back to school. So it's it's changed a lot in the last uh, month here. It's a different situation wherever you are uh, across the country. I know um, my daughter, who's still in high school, has gone back to school part-time uh, there every other day. Uh, and then every other day they're remote. And so um, it's a large high school. So I think that reduces the numbers that are in the building at any one time. But it's always interesting to hear how other parts of the country have been handling COVID-19. I'd imagine the the smaller populations in South Dakota uh, might warrant for a different approach than in, in some of the larger states or highly populated areas. Yeah. Um, so in North Dakota, we actually have been in a mask mandate uh, for the entire state up until just a few days ago. And um, but our cities are still continuing to require a mask mandate. Um, and then, like I said, our, our schools here in Fargo just went back to full time on all levels. My children are uh, both in elementary school. And prior to that, they were going four days a week. Uh, so then it it allowed for the teachers on the fifth day to teach virtually to all students and also connect with students who were quarantined or isolated due to COVID. Sarah, I want to talk a little bit about your career. You're a 2001 North Dakota State graduate, uh, and it seems like right uh, from the time you graduated, you jumped right into the higher education per, uh, and, and higher education advancement uh, at the North Dakota State University Alumni Association. Walk us through your career from, from where you started to where you are today. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, it's, I actually just been really reflecting on my career because uh, this month is uh, 19 years here at North Dakota State. And, uh, you know, I really started out, I started here working at our alumni center, our building as a student worker for events. And just really got to know what the Alumni Association was doing along with the Development Foundation. And um, it just so happened that a position came open the, the fall semester that I was graduating. And they wanted to hire an intern. And that's how I was hired to work part time. And then I had a conversation with uh, Sherry Schmidt at the time, who I know a lot of people know. 
And I just said, would you think about hiring someone who's going to graduate in December? And she said, yeah. So I uh, applied and interviewed and uh, was able to to get into uh, a position as a program coordinator. And then I, a year later, I was promoted into program director after another staff person's departure. And then, you know, it just really uh, kind of was in my blood at that point. Um, I love connecting with students. I was advising Bison Ambassadors at that time, along with connecting with our alumni and friends of the institution. And um, we just really, um, you know, we were trying to do a lot of programming, trying to connect with people. Um, and then about six years later, uh, a position came open in our College of uh, Pharmacy, Nursing, and Allied Sciences at the time for a director of advancement. And just where I was uh, professionally wanting to slow down a little bit. I was uh, planning to get married and, you know, marriage comes the children also. So um, I took a job that was still right in the realm of advancement, but just focusing on one college and was really specialized and uh, just really enjoyed my time there. And uh, five years ago, almost six now, I came back to the foundation um, after we had some changes here and in a position with outreach and um, events came open and that's where I, I came back to the foundation. And here I'm sitting just this last year, just changed into a position where I'm working with faculty and staff and their philanthropic interests and keeping them connected with NDSU. And I changed in that position uh, just after COVID-19 hit and not knowing, you know, what the future of, of continuing with events and gathering large crowds and, um, you know, and, and we looked at what our outreach efforts were and how we could integrate those into other parts, um, especially since now that our foundation um, and alumni association are really together. We've shortened the name to foundation and, you know, we're really focused on that personalized stewardship and personalized connection uh, for uh, constituents back to North Dakota State. Uh, it's been a long time since I've heard uh, Sherry Schmidt's name, uh, an icon <laughs> in our profession. I'm, I'm glad that you you mentioned her. Talk a little bit about what has changed uh, throughout your career. You know, you started at the Alumni Association. You worked in a collegiate setting in pharmacy, nursing, and allied sciences. Uh, and now for the foundation, which is now an umbrella over those previous two roles that you held, what, what are some of the big changes uh, and some of the uh, steps that you all took towards uh, the full integration there at North Dakota State? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the biggest changes, and actually this is how even Sherry and I got into having a conversation about uh, me wanting to to get into this job was um, I actually was helping label postcards for a pregame party for the Bison football team to go to the, uh, into division two playoffs. And I just think back to that time, you know, 20 some years ago, because our email database just you know, wasn't as healthy as it is now. And that's the way we had to get out notification to people. You know, there's no social media. And I was sitting and helping label thousands of postcards uh, so that we could, you know, turn it around and get it in the mail that day. And so I do think about that's probably one of the largest changes is just how are we communicating and at what speed we're communicating with with our alumni and friends of the institution. Um, and then uh, 
you know, really integrating the foundation and alumni association, we always had a shared executive director, but we functioned as two different entities. And I just really think that we started looking at what the needs of the institution were. And you know, 20 years ago, when I joined this business, it felt like, uh, you know, you'd hear it sometime at case conferences, like, oh, the dark side, which was fundraising, right? And then we were the, so, quote unquote, the friend raisers, which is a term that we don't use anymore. Right. And really, when it comes down to it, it's like you have to evaluate what look what's best for your institution. And you have to be unapologetic that um, alumni dollars, um, donations, um, friends of the institution, you know, them supporting the institution is not the dark business. It's it's really um, it really just comes down to helping the institution complete its mission. And um, I would say that's probably been one of the largest changes and also what drove the integration of our two entities and our boards coming together. When I came back to the foundation five years ago, we still had two separate boards and we started working on integrating them together so that they had a shared mission for not only the foundation, but the entire institution of North Dakota State. You know, it's interesting that you bring up uh, two terms, which we have all but banned from our vernacular, right? The, the dark <laughs> side and friend raiser, right? Both are, uh, you know, I, I think they were always said in jest, but um, but are kind of derogatory ways of referring to one side uh, of the house in, a, in an integrated advancement uh, shop. I know I've always kind of rejected the thought that I was ever a friend raiser. Uh, because when it comes down to it, you know, if institutions have to choose between friends and funds, they're always going to choose funds, right? And so we've always tried to position ourselves, or at least I have, as an integral piece of uh, the alumni relations spectrum and, and an integral piece of uh, the fundraising conversations that go on at our institution. I might not be asking for large gifts, uh, but certainly the relationships that we are building uh, yield those results for for folks whose responsibility that is, and so I've always seen myself as a contributor to the fundraising endeavor at the institutions that that I have served, and and you know it's it's nothing that we should shy away from, right? It's a noble cause. The support of higher education is going to answer all the world's problems. Education is is the silver bullet, and support of education allows uh, that to be accessible to to many, many more. And so uh, I, I think your answer is spot on. Great answer in terms of the evolution of how we look at and how we think about the work that we do in higher education advancement. Yep. Well, and I think along with that, not only support financially, but um, advocacy for our institution, you know, at, at a government level or just, you know, in the general public, I think that that only enhances the value that higher education, you know, can bring to the world. And I think you said it exactly right. I mean, the only way that we're going to continue to prosper and to grow as, as, you know, a country and the world is, is through education and higher education is um, the support for higher education. We know financially at majority of States has declined and, but the need for higher education, I feel, is is higher than it's ever been. Absolutely. Sarah, if you had the opportunity to talk to 
yourself as a young professional, what advice would you give to a young, at that point, Sarah Tankey, who I got to know through <laughs> our, our case endeavors, what would Sarah Wald be telling Sarah Tankey about this profession and what advice would you give her? Oh boy. Um, I do think about our case endeavors sometimes, Paul. And um, I, you know, I think one of the things is stay connected, which social media and LinkedIn and, and, platforms like that have helped so much. Um, stay connected and, and find a mentor early on. Um, I think that's one thing that I, I've had several mentors over the year, um, but I don't know if I've utilized them as best as I could have. So I do, I do really think about uh, going back and telling that young Sarah uh, Tanky at the time that enjoy your time, but also, you know, focus and, and, uh, get that mentor and, and, you know, really take more notes at the case programming also. Cause I think that, um, for case for me has been a really great connection to people. Um, I probably just didn't pay as much attention at sessions as I should have when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I think a lot of people might fall into that boat. You know, you talk about staying connected, and I think our professional organizations have have really been that connecting piece for many of us uh, throughout the years, right? You and I would never have met had it not been for our professional organizations and our our service to that. Can you talk a little bit about what is the driver behind your service to Case? And uh, I don't know if you've had this experience, but um, my communities of practice that I belong to, whether it's CAAE or the Big Ten alumni directors, they have really been there through COVID-19 work from home. The opportunities to connect with those colleagues has only increased since March. It, it, it has always been a source of affirmation or, or inspiration around the work that we do. But since uh, since March, it has uh, only ramped up. Uh, have you had that experience? And talk a little bit about your service to our profession. I completely agree, Paul. I mean, I think about, uh, you know, it feels so long ago, 10 months ago in March, when we all, you know, kind of shut down and got sent home and we're working from home. But I just remember some of those early conversations I had with case colleagues, because, you know, at least for me at the time, I had this sense of, oh, in a month, we'll be back in the office, you know, and, and not that COVID was going to be going away, but, you know, it's like, okay. And then a month later, we're sitting cases, you know, are continuing to rise and we're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess another month, you know, and just having conversations with fellow case colleagues of, hey, this is, this is, you know, we, we got to look a year down the road and more and, you know, like, when will we return to quote unquote normal? And I, I think just having some of those conversations took the fear out of it and, and really got us focusing on, okay, we have to shift what we're going to do if we're going to continue to be successful. How do we shift? Um, and, and maybe, you know, just like, uh, you know, as you know, case stands for, uh, copy and steal everything. I think that as colleagues, we came together and said, Hey, you know what? We just did this and we found it really successful. Oh, great. You know, it, so you take notes from a program or, you know, a fundraising campaign. I mean, one of the greatest things that I think we did here at NDSU was um, we did a, a crowdfunding appeal out for our student emergency fund, which was our first crowdfunding um, piece that we really did here in mass at NDSU. And it was 
so highly successful and really gave us an opportunity to talk about how COVID was affecting our students and, um, and, and, and our institution. So um, in regards to my involvement with CASE, um, I went to my first CASE district conference, I believe 20 or no, 19 years ago here in January, CASE district six. And from the very beginning, I was encouraged by my supervisors, Sherry and Liz, to get involved and to, you know, volunteer at the registration desk or, you know, help be a guide to guide people to the uh, different rooms. And right away, I, I got involved with the conference and um, the planning of it and taking on a role. And you know, I serve anywhere from new professionals chair to arrangements to um, my last pretty large uh, piece was uh, chairing the joint case district five and six conference a few years ago with Steve Crawford. And um, I've still been able to uh, be on the cabinet now for case district six. And um, as much pleasure as I get out of it, I hope I'm contributing to our uh, profession because I do think that uh, and this is what something that hasn't changed. I, I don't think we do enough to recruit students in our institution and let them know about what we do and how we do it and that this is a profession that they could pursue. And so I do think about how we can continue to grow, you know, our profession at the conference level um, for those that are, you know, that come to a case conference. And um, so I'm just, I'm really proud that I, I hope I help build the profession, uh, especially here in our district and that, um, you know, some people look at me like how I look at yourself or Sherry uh, Schmidt or, you know, many friends and colleagues throughout the world. Sarah, we are friends on a number of platforms, uh, but uh, I'm always jealous of of the pictures that you post uh, from your from your escapades with NCAA football and, and going and following the bison around uh, as they go and compete for a national championship, which seems to be uh, almost every single year uh, in, at least in, in recent history. And I say I'm jealous because uh, we are at the, um, at, at the uh, bowl level, right? We don't have access to the playoffs like other levels of, uh, NCAA football has talk a little bit about, um, athletics and, and how that's been an important piece of alumni engagement, whether it's football or, or your wrestling program, which I know competes at a, at a really high level. I know your basketball team, I, I believe it's your women's basketball team is, um, has competed at, at a really high level. Talk a little bit about how that's uh, been a centerpiece at North Dakota state. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no greater feeling when you can go cheer on your team uh, several states away and 15,000 of your friends and your friends and fans follow. Um, it's uh, so North Dakota State, uh, we're at FCS level for football, and we have won eight of the last nine national championships in wow. Frisco, Texas. And uh we actually, uh, we call Frisco <laughs> South Fargo. Um, we honestly, it's, uh, the year that we missed, um, because we lost in the game prior to the national championship. I walked into the hotel, uh, that following year to do a site visit, uh, prior to what we were hoping to be there, uh, again. And 
this hotel worker who I had never met uh, came, comes around the corner and hugs me. And she said, we missed you so much this last year. And I was like, I don't know you, but okay, yes, we missed you too. You know, so it's, um, you know, it, it's just, it's been such an honor to be a part of the success of athletics. And I mean, as you mentioned, football, you know, it's easy to talk about football, but our basketball teams, um, our women's basketball team is, is just making a stellar comeback this year and just doing great in our conference. And then our, our uh, men's team um, was actually the last event I did in, uh, in, on site in 2020 was at the Summit League Championship. We won and we were supposed to go to the big dance. And then, of course, we know the big dance was canceled. But um, athletics, you know, um, I think this term probably is used at a lot of institutions is the is the front door. It's, it's the easiest way for people to stay connected um, and on a very personal level. And I think that um, obviously going to eight of nine national championships, the brand of North Dakota State has just increased tenfold. Um, even like the recruiting for football. I mean, we've been recruiting guys out of Florida, Texas, you know, all these different states because they saw us on TV. They, they saw and they've heard about what North Dakota State is doing. And, you know, everyone loves a winner. And so it's been um, fun that we are, you know, a winning program at the moment because I think that starts to reflect on the institution and it lets gives people maybe an opportunity to open their eyes more to what's even happening on the academic level. And I do think that those two pieces, you know, really tie together athletics and um, academics. Because one thing that we've been really proud of, while the the teams are winning on the court and the field and what have you, they academically, our student, our student athletes have never done better than they have in the past probably five to 10 years. You know, our football team, uh, their average GPA is 3.0 or a little above. Um, so it's just, it's really been, uh, as I said, it's just really been an honor to be a part of something that is so much bigger than yourself, but you've played a small part to bring people together and, and have a lot of fun. Well, I am not going to air any of my Carson Wentz grievances uh, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan <laughs> here. I'm not going to hold uh, North Dakota State in any way responsible for that. You know, I, I'm actually a, a Carson Wentz fan. I know we've had a couple down seasons and he has he has struggled a bit. But um, I'm not, I just want you to know, and I want to go on record here on the podcast, that I don't hold North Dakota State responsible for his performance. Uh, thank you. Uh, Carson is, is, uh, he's our, he's one of our sons and we will always, uh, we love him. So I, I know, uh, right now he has struggled a little bit, but, uh, we have a lot of faith. We watched him in college and, you know, he, he came back from an injury and his backup quarterback, uh, now is, is at the chargers. Um, but you know, they, they led us to a national championship when Carson was even injured. So it's, uh, it's, it's bittersweet to watch him struggle, but I also know that his faith and, um, his mental ability will, it will, it will persevere. So I'm sure a lot of people right now might be booing uh, this podcast, but 
I uh, <laughs> I do I do own a Philadelphia Eagles Carson Wentz jersey, but as you know, I'm a ginormous San Francisco 49ers fan. So right. the only time I cheer against Carson is when he is uh, going against my team, and even then, it's very mild. Sarah, we have a tradition here on the Alumni Trending Podcast to give our guest the final word on the profession. So where do you see us trending? You know, I really see us trending um, that we are becoming so much more personalized and, you know, obviously still doing programs and events that um, appeal to the masses. But I, I do think when it comes down to it, it's that personalized stewardship, personalized relationships that I think our offices will be moving towards. Because I I do believe that, you know, uh, we are competing not only with, um, or we're competing with other nonprofits and for people's time and attention. And uh, they're doing that. People choose to be involved with other organizations because of their personal connections. So it's um, from the people, from the moment that students step on, like your campus, it, it's how are you making their experience personal um, and, and making them feel connected to their institution at, at a higher level. Sarah, thanks for joining me on the Alumni Trending Podcast. Thank you, Paul. I'm John Fudo, Vice Chancellor for University Advancement at UMass Lowell, and I'm staying on trend by listening to the Alumni Trending Podcast. There you go, Trendsetters, another episode of Alumni Trending. If you are enjoying the Alumni Trending Podcast, make sure you go out to iTunes or your podcast app of choice and give us a rating and drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you drop me an email at paul.clifford at alumnitrending.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and keep trending.